welcome back guys to another episode of the full crippled sports show i really hope you guys are doing well and staying safe out there currently recording this at 12 p.m central standard time on this thursday afternoon so again i really hope you guys are doing well i'm so sorry for the little break that we had um just got busy with thanksgiving and family and everything like that but if you guys could leave a I guess before I even say any of that, I hope you guys also had a great Thanksgiving of your own. I know this a little bit later um, on December 2nd, so I really hope you know you guys had a good Thanksgiving. And also, if you guys wouldn't mind, let me you know telling me what you guys' plans are for Christmas. I um, mean, if you guys have put up your Christmas stuff already. But with that all, all out of the way, if you guys could leave a rating review of the pod wherever you get your podcast, that would be much appreciated as well as sharing the kind of the episodes in the show around as well that would also be much appreciated appreciated and it would help out quite a bit but with all that out of the way i wanted to quickly shout out a fellow podcast in the greatest games never played um, so essentially they are, they're just, it's a really good pod. I've actually already, I've listened to them. Um, I actually kind of just recently heard about them and kind of started listening. Essentially what their show is about is they kind of talk about what if scenarios in the, in the NFL. Um, I guess also kind of just about sports in general, they kind of talk about what if scenarios. So they kind of go through and discuss, you know, certain situations that happened and what have ha- what would have I guess kind of what would it have been like if it would have gone down in a different way um, and kind of just discuss the possible scenarios in a different light, kind of what would have happened in a different way. You guys kind of get the idea. Just an overall really great podcast that I've, you know, again, I approve of very, very good. Know what they're talking about. Very knowledgeable. Um, So yeah, go check them out wherever you get your podcasts. I can leave them down in the description for you guys to listen to. But with all that out of the way, let's get into today's episode, and I cannot wait. So the first thing we have to discuss here is with the Saints here. So running back Alvin Kamara and tackles Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek will all be out tonight versus the Cowboys. I will also be discussing the NFL games for this week as well, so I'll get into that as well for um, – I'll probably get into all this again for that game, for tonight's game, because it's actually going to, you know, it could make a difference between a Saints win and a Saints loss. And I feel like with both conferences being relatively um, close in, you know, kind of this, you know, the last stretch of the season here, a lot of these games truly matter that you wouldn't quite expect possible. And so, it, you know, it, it matters. You know, these games truly matter. And for the Saints, it's going to be huge to be without Alvin Kamara and Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchuk, especially considering the fact that the Saints all, you know, they're not all that impressive um, to me right now. And I know I can't say much because they already beat the Patriots this year. So, like, they already beat my team. So it's not like I can, I can talk much. But – I just think, you know, the Saints have definitely slowed down. And even when they had Elvin Kamara, even last week, you know, they were slowed down. And uh, it, you could just tell that teams know how to play them now. And so 
And the but both the, the thing is is both teams have had convincing wins and both teams have had you know some tough losses and some games where it's like what are you guys doing? And but who knows? I mean, record wise, Dallas is obviously better. Dallas actually has a team this year. I'm shocked to even say that, but they have a team this year. Um, I think they're they believe they're sitting at seven and four. So. Yeah, it could prove to be big. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of team people probably going for the Saints, though, considering that the Cowboys are the closest to the upper competitive team, other upper competitive teams. So in that sense, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want the Saints to win this game. Um, but, yeah, also missing out on Toronto Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. As far as their injuries go, it doesn't really specify Alvin Kamara. I kind of forget what he had. Due to a knee injury as well, and that's also with Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchuk, so it's the same case for all three. Knee injuries, that's tough. Obviously, being a running back in Elvin Kamara, having a knee problem is very, very crucial because he is a running back. Obviously, your knees are a big part of that. So, um, But, yeah, there's Elvin Kamara was sidelined the past three games. Even going into this game will be questionable. And that's why I was talking about with Alvin Kamara too earlier. Like I previously talked about how even when he played, I guess I accidentally mistakenly said last week, which I thought he did play last week, unless he didn't. I guess he obviously didn't, but I thought he did. Anyway, but you can kind of tell that when he does play, like he's not overly disruptive as he used as he was. I think just teams really know how to figure them out now. And um, either way, that's the same case I was trying to make there. But, um, yeah, so, again, he'll be limited this week, and he was limited in practice, has only run for 530 yards and three touchdowns in eight games with 32 catches and 310 yards and four touchdowns in the passing game. Uh, so when he's used as a receiver. And then when you also make the case with Toronto Armstead and Ryan Ramchuk, Armstead didn't even practice all week with – and then the case with Ryan Ramchek is he set out on Tuesday and Wednesday. So just limited participants versus not even participating at all. They've got some stuff to figure out clearly. It should be a it should be a, a tight game tonight. I think that I don't know. I'll I'll make my case later. I will definitely make my case later. Uh so yeah, when we get into the NFL games, I'll discuss more about it. And then the next thing here is with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll on Russell Wilson actually saying, quote, doesn't need, end quote, rest to let his finger recover. And that was honestly kind of one of the reasons why I got into this article is because my actual original thought was maybe he needs more rest with that finger. You know, maybe it's more, maybe it's still bothering him. Maybe it's bothering him more than he's letting on. Like maybe it's a little bit. Maybe it's at a worse stage. I, I was trying to figure out a way to say this. Maybe it's at a more worse stage than originally thought, and he obviously does need more rest, and maybe, you know, so, but Pete Carroll saying no, you know, obviously Russell Wilson would have communicated with the team and Pete Carroll saying, hey, this is how it's going. This is the problem. These are the problems I'm currently facing, which is obviously not much because he's playing. This is how I feel I can practice. Um, or I was approved to practice, whatever they have to say. Uh, Pete Carroll obviously saying he doesn't need it. 
talking to, you know, say, talking to the media about Russell Wilson, saying that, you know, he doesn't need it and there's, they're going to get where they need to be and he's going to be fine. But, you know, obviously with Russell Wilson, it seemed like he's kind of just a little bit, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know what it is with the Seattle team. It seems like he's just been a little bit off this year. Maybe, I mean, obviously he's made history this season with the 100 games, I think it was. So, he, yeah, I mean, and this is more on Pete Carroll kind of saying, I would let him kind of take it away um, with his, uh, what is it, with his press conference here. So I'll kind of t- let him take it away with his response, saying, quote, he feels great. He does not feel like he's burdened by the surgery from the past and all that. He's ready to go. He doesn't need to be rested. He's not tired. He's not worn down or anything. He needs the action. He needs to get back to the activity. And he needs to play more and get in the flow as much as possible, end quote. So kind of just going off of him a little bit, I guess, is what I'll do, is that it kind of just seems like he's a little bit rusty, probably from – I mean, I, I really honestly don't know what it is. I mean, Seattle has the team – to be great and to be one of the eight and three teams. And they're sitting here at three and eight. And so I don't know if it's maybe that he's coming off of this and he's just a little bit rusty. And I guess that's just kind of what I wanted to, you know, kind of talk about it because it just seems like it's kind of in the middle right now. And I really don't know where to sit on it. I mean, you could make the case that maybe it's just the, the, the team in general, just not clicking right now. Um, there's having an off year. You can make the case that it's Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously, it's never just one guy. You have 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense. So it's obviously the 11 guys on offense that are doing something wrong. You can make the – like, again, you can make the case it's the receivers. You can make the case that it could be Russell Wilson. Is he making bad decisions? He could be making a couple that are costing them games. It could be the receivers if they need more depth. Are they just being – is it just coming down to something as simple as teams are figuring out the Seattle Seahawks now? The Seattle Seahawks these past couple seasons have had recipes for success. You know, they were the front runners to be deep in the playoffs. Um, there's At this point, the past couple seasons, they were sitting really, really well um, where it looked like, you know, they're going to be a pretty top team, you know, a top-tier team. And this just kind of came out middle of nowhere, 3-8. and eight. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly really don't know what it is. It could be a factor of a lot of things. It could be quite a bit of things that are just playing in. It could be a lot, it could be a lot of small things playing into one big factor that's causing this. Who honestly, who truly knows? Um, that's just kind of my thought process on it. And so, you know, we'll just have to wait until the off season and see maybe, see maybe can they figure something out i mean when you look at these these kind of numbers here that they kind of pop up it kind of looks like it's on russell wilson i mean comes it back in five weeks after his injury russell wilson does um with a ruptured and dislocated tendon misses six to eight weeks then stuns everyone by missing only five weeks he was expecting miss eight comes back in five it looks rusty that's what I was saying. He possibly is rusty. I mean, rusty, excuse me. He's only been completing 50% of his 40 passes for 161 yards and two picks in the loss to Green Bay. Comes back. He wasn't much better the next week 
and a 23 to 13 loss to the Cardinals. So obviously he's been a little bit rusty since coming back. Did he need more time? Um, obviously came back in five was expected to miss eight. Did he need to stay the, the extra three weeks? You know, the talk when he came back was, did he come back too early? Does it seem like the injury that he had, the serious injury that he had when he first left, does it seem like he came back a little too early after five weeks that he maybe need to stay the whole eight weeks? Maybe he did. Since then, he's been rusty. So there, the, the blame could be potentially on Russell Wilson. It could also just be the team in general. Obviously, you can't all just place them on Wilson. He needs to be definitely be playing better, whatever it is. Um, I don't know how much you can really do for the season, though. I think they're already done for this year. Does that you can't really make a case for Seattle at this point with four weeks left. Um, so yeah, they're already done this year. Uh, they can't get in. They they're not gonna be able to get anything going this year. So, but yeah, we're just gonna have to wait and see and find out and see if maybe Seattle has to make some moves. Figure it out. I don't know. But see, speaking of Seattle, staying on the topic of Seattle, they're signing running back Adrian Peterson to their practice squad. So this actually came in yesterday. So at at 36 years old, seven-time Pro Bowler, might I add, Adrian Peterson is still not done in the league as he has been signed to the Seahawks practice squad. Coach Pete Carroll confirmed on Wednesday saying, quote, he plays just as aggressive and tough as he ever has. So I'm anxious to see what he adds to the club, end quote, via Pete Carroll, per the Seahawks' John Boyle. Seattle's offense has, of course, as you guys know, has been struggling pretty pretty roughly recently uh, with their rushing attack only ranking 25th in the NFL with a 92.5, with a measly, I should say, 92.5 yards per game. Whether Peterson can jumpstart it remains to be seen with their team. Can he kind of pump that up? I guess I shouldn't say measly, but it's definitely lower than what you're used to seeing. And then just to kind of get a backstory on Adrian Peterson, oh, but wasn't he, wasn't he just on Tennessee? Well, he did sign with Tennessee when Derrick Henry went down. You know, of course, he's out with the season with the injured foot, but then later released him after just three games. In those three games in that little stretch, he rushed for 82 yards on 27 carries for Tennessee. Only needs 98 yards with the Seahawks to reach 15,000 for his career. A mark only, a, a, a milestone only eclipsed by four running backs in NFL history, and that is Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, Frank Gore, and of, and of course, Barry Sanders. Pete Carroll also says that he recruited Peterson when he coached at USC, according to Bob Condota, insisted, but he instead chose Oklahoma, where he started for three seasons. This is. Adrian Peterson joining his seventh NFL team in his career, playing 10 seasons with Minnesota, who made him a first-round pick in 07, back when he first came in the league, followed by much shorter stints with Arizona, New Orleans, Washington football team, Detroit, Tennessee, and now Seattle. His pro career is including the 2000 Offensive Rookie of the Year, 2012 MVP, and the 2012 Offensive Player of the Year, and a four, and a four All-Pro honors. In to, uh, to his name, I should say. So, yeah, he's still, I mean, I guess kind of effective, not the burst of, not the scary burst of, scary bursting player that we're used to seeing anymore. Obviously, 36. And you're running back, that's very, very, that's a very, very, um, 
what should I say, a very body draining position, uh, whatever you want to call it. So I wouldn't shock me if he's, you know, obviously a lot slower now, but he can still be effective. I mean, when when you need a quick pick me up in a player, I I think he's a he's not a bad player to, you know, to uh, to invest in. I think that you can get him for low money, probably a low risk, possibly high reward uh, signing. You know, depending on what he can do for the Seattle Seahawks, obviously. He's not going to be able to save their season or anything at sitting at three and eight with about well, after this week's game week's set of games are done, there'll be four weeks left. It's not much he can do for them this year, but you know to finish up the year, he's a he's not a bad you know player to assign to your team. What did I do here? I added a t- <laughs> okay. Wait, um. Did I mess up? Hold on. Wait, what did I do? Okay, so as you guys know, I do tabs for kind of looking at what I'm going to talk about. And I have an empty tab here with nothing on it. I think I was going to add something and I forgot. Maybe. Or uh, maybe not. Okay, well, I'll get rid of that one, I guess. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, that, okay. Well, what I was going to get into is Adrian Peterson's stats for this year, but I already got into it with Tennessee. He has 27, obviously, the 27 rushing attempts, 82 rushing yards with one touchdown, but he hasn't been committed to a team yet, so obviously those stats aren't very good. And he's also 36, so he's not the same player as he used to be, but he's still a player nonetheless. But now getting into the next thing we have to talk about here is with Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns. So as soon as you think that they have it figured out, they start to play like shit again. They have the game against the Ravens that they actually could have won. They just they really just couldn't piece it together. Mayfield's completely damaged. He's completely worn down. He's hurt. I think he went into that game with a heel injury, a knee injury. A foot injury, I believe. Um, shoulder. He had a he had a brace on his shoulder, like a little strap. I don't know what that was for. I forgot, but I assume that's also for an injury. He they need they need to figure him out. Um, he needs to kind of. I, I, the thing is with the Browns, they're in a tough position because they you, they can make the case that they can fight for the playoffs. They can probably fight for a wild card. It also kind of depends. You know who they play. It also depends on who they beat, who they lost to. Things like that. What situ- what scenarios they can be placed in? They need to really sit back in this off season, and this is the main reason why I even added this article is because I truly feel like they need to. And I don't think they're going to move away from Baker. I think they just need to get him more help. Um, they really do. They need to figure it out. They need to figure out that offensive line too, because that game he just got they, against the Ravens, he got blown up all game, and it doesn't help when you're hurt. Um, they need to fix that line. They 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 need to just get him more help. They need to figure out Mayfield in general. He just needs to sit down this offseason. They need to get him healthy, heal up all these injuries. He it's hard to win and compete when you're battered, when you're completely battered like that, and you can't play to your normal. Obviously, you can't even throw a football in your normal form when it affects your when your heels affecting that because you have to be able to move your ankle. 
one that affects your knees, one that affects your elbow, your throwing arm. He's just in a complete mess right now, and so is this Cleveland Browns team. I don't even know where to honestly rank them right now. It's like they can still play good games, but they're also playing like they're playing like trash. But they can also it's like they can also have games where they might play well. It depends on the team. They're, they're kind of like an up and down team right now, and I really don't know where to place them. Uh, but yeah, so after Cleveland's kind of getting into the article here, what they have to say, they only average, they only got ten points. Again, in a very winnable game like I was talking about against the Ravens, it was very winnable. Um, I think if this was a Browns team from the start of the season, they would have, and, and this game would have played out this way, the Browns, I'm, I'm picking the Browns 9 out of 10 times. Um, again, if the game would have played the way it did, but, but with the Browns early on in the season team, they, they're taking the game. Uh, I don't know what happened to this team. They just immediately just fell apart. I really don't know what it is. I don't know what to say. They just they completely fell apart. I, I have no I have no answer for it. They 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 had a recipe for success, and it just seems like they went away from it or something. Or the teams just started figuring them out, starting to get to starting to get to Mayfield more on sacks, and yeah, they just again very winnable. It's it's it sucks to see the Ravens. Uh, also, just you know, having a team the way they do, and then only winning like that as well, only winning by that you know by six points, sixteen to ten. I just feel like Baltimore should have been able to put up more points against that against that Browns team because they just couldn't do anything. And they're again very winnable though, and they just couldn't do anything. But yeah, so Baker Mayfield, obviously, the biggest thing is his injuries. He was only able to complete 18 of 37 of his passes, which for 247 yards, a touchdown, and a 79.4 passion rating in their 16 to 10 loss to Baltimore. So obviously, it was just a whole mess, and it was just a, it was just bad overall. It was just it was terrible. Um, but yeah, Andrew Barry, general manager for the Browns, had to say this on Baker Mayfield, saying, "quote I don't think there's necessarily any one reason." Um, talking about the offensive struggle, saying at, at times during the season, the different phases of our team have been on or off in the first 12 weeks. Quite honestly, different stretches of the season have had different challenges or different issues. So I don't think there's necessarily just like a one-size-fits-all answer to that, end quote. And so and kind of what I wanted to add to that is kind of what I was saying, kind of, talk, kind of touching on the whole fact of it's been an up and down season. They've had games where it's like they're playing really, really well. Like, where did this team come from? And then they're having games where it's like, why are they even in the league? Why is this even a team? Um, and they've had a lot of recently. They've just had a lot of games like that recently, and they just completely fell apart. I really don't know where it's coming from. I know it's a Browns-like thing to have happen. Um, obviously, with the non-success that they've had, this is just adding on to the hurt and adding on to the hate for the team that I'm sure a lot of fans have. And they just really want them to just honestly just be good for a season. Uh, I know they've had that, but they, they just can't keep it consistent. Um, when we look back on the Sunday night game, though, they, the Browns only converted four of 13 third down attempts. They just couldn't get much going. Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt were completely locked down. They couldn't really get much going. Anthony Schwartz ended up getting hurt. Uh, he was inactive due to the injury, so he wasn't even able to play. And there was just completely shortened offense for that Browns team. They were just completely – they were they were just – they didn't even have depth. They were just playing, it seemed like, on one unit, 
the whole game, and they still could even win the game. It, it, only putting up 10 points in a very winnable game, too. That's the sad part. And it was definitely winnable. So that's that's where you're kind of going to kick yourself, too. But let me know what you guys think about the whole Browns situation. Do you guys think they're going to be able to bounce back? Do you guys think they're going to get them some depth? Do you guys think they're going to get Mayfield some help? Because I think Mayfield could be the answer. Um, they just He just needs more help. He needs more help from the offensive line. He needs, you know, maybe a defense to stop, you know. The defense didn't play half bad, though. Only holding the 16. It was a very winnable game. Defense did their job. Offense, I think offense could have picked up. I think the, the defense would have got credit for a win. Um, but, you know, there's not much the defense can do when the offense can't even score. So there's obviously not much that they can do. Um, and it's just a helpless team. But, again, let me know what you guys think uh, as we kind of move on to the next thing here, getting into the Dallas Cowboys. So there's kind of good news and bad news here. I don't know how you Cowboy fans want to take this. I mean, you guys may be used to it. You guys might not be. You guys can kind of, kind of take this how you want. Good news is Amari Cooper has been activated from the reserve COVID list and is, you know, and is possible to play today. The bad news is he's still listed as questionable tonight versus the Saints. Now, this could prove to be a pretty big piece for the Cowboys in the game where the Saints are already going to be without Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek, and, and um, Alvin Kamara. Could this be an advantage for the Cowboys if they have them? Who knows? But it could prove to be a pretty big loss or a have, depending on the outcome of this. But, um, so yeah, they've officially activated, again, Amari Cooper, excuse me, from the reserve COVID list Wednesday, listed as questionable for TNF tonight. He has been, he is unvaccinated, I should say, missed the past two games, both Cowboys losses, might I add, after testing positive for COVID. So they're 0-2 without having him. Jerry Jones was optimistic that he could return this week. Mike McCarthy is also going to be out, though, because he has COVID, so he's not even going to coach. I actually kind of forgot about that as well. Um, But, yeah, they're also kind of in a mess situation, too. And then the Murray Cooper, another reason why this is much anticipated is because they also were without C.D. Lamb, who missed last week with a concussion, but he is expected back as well. So if they could have Lamb and Cooper have a little, you know, switching out between the two or having them both on the field, whatever, that could prove to be a difference maker for this Cowboys team should they be able to have them for this game. So, you know, there it's it's possible. You know, it, it's going to come down to I think some some personnel decisions here. And should he play tonight? Is he a risk? Is it is it is it high risk high reward? Is they're going to go for here? Are they hoping to just play him questionable? And I have a feeling it's going to come to game time decision. Obviously, today's tonight's the game. Um, there still hasn't been no answer. They activated him last yesterday, which was Wednesday. So it's obviously already been a full day, more than a full day. Um, I'm sure it'll come down to game time for the – obviously for it. I mean, it's noon right now. The game's not for another six, seven hours, seven, eight hours, whatever the case is. Um, maybe, yeah, whatever, six, seven hours from now, it's, the game's going to be on. They have, they have all that time to figure it out. It's probably going to be game time. 
But anyway, let me know what you guys think about this as well. Do you guys think they have a chance to win tonight? And do you guys think it's honestly going to matter if they do or do I mean, I think it will. Both conferences are actually tight right now. So, you know, both both conferences are kind of sitting in the same situation where it's wide open. You know, anyone could take it. Um, any of the competitors at least could take it. Um, so, you know, this could prove to be a big game for the Cowboys. But moving on to the next thing here is kind of not really sad, sad, but kind of sad. Kenny Vaccaro, you know, obviously a great player in the NFL, is retiring after eight years to launch an esports organization. So kind of a kind of a different venture leaving football. He's kind of starting off something else, obviously leaving football and trying to trying to create a difference and not really much of a difference, but trying to create, you know, trying to have some fun of his own outside of football and kind of move on with his life. So yeah, calling it a career after stepping into a new virtual arena, going into esports. So former Titans and Saints defensive back Kenny Vaccaro again is shifting his attention to esports and to making a, an esports organization, I should say, co-founded by Vaccaro and two professional gamers slash entrepreneurs. According to the release form from the organization, G1, also known as Gardeners First, or Gamers First, excuse me, I'm stupid. Um, so yeah, it's kind of leaving football to kind of focus on that and kind of kind of create his own little venture and little side activity and kind of, I guess, put more focus on that because of NFL season is so much commitment. Um, he wouldn't be able to do both. So obviously moving away from football made enough money from football. So I'm sure he's okay with leaving that. He'll make money from the esports thing. If he co-founded it, however much money he makes, it'll make him on a return investment. So, but anyway, guys, let's take a break and then we'll, finish out the last thing for the episode and then we'll get into the NFL games for over under this week. So yeah, when we return, we will finish it. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. So we just got done briefly discussing the Kenny Vaccaro uh, kind of leaving the NFL to kind of focus on a full-time investment outside of football in an esports organization that he co-founded. Obviously it's going to take up a lot of, like I was talking about previously, it's going to take up a lot of time. So he just decided to retire from the NFL fully to focus on this. Um, so he can kind of just do it. Uh, but I think this is Kenny Vaccaro saying this. Vaccaro said in a statement, quote, and this is what he said, quote, this isn't a reflex decision for me. It's something I've thought about for a long time. I've been a gamer for even longer than I've played football, and I've always thought of myself as a gamer first. So this is a realization of a long-term dream for me. And while football has been, has been how many years have, and while football has been how many years have defined me, G1 is evidence for over athletes as well that life doesn't end just because you put down the helmet. You can reinvent yourself, end quote. So kind of like a re, kind of like a, kind of like an overcoming passion that he has um, saying how, you know, football, or he's been playing games more than football, more than he's ever even played football in the NFL. So he's been playing more than – he's been gaming longer than he than he has played football for eight years. So it's kind of like a, a passion that's just kind of hit him now that, you know, that he's later in the NFL in his career, kind of realized that this, this is more of a passion than football at this point and that it makes more sense for him to leave it. He made a lot of money in football too, so I'm sure that was another decision, and he figures he'll make even – just about, probably not just as much, but he'll, he'll probably make a good amount from this esports thing as well. 
especially if it gets itself off the ground. Um, so yeah, I mean, good for him for being able to do that and kind of turn it into you know, turn this into something else and kind of you know make something else out of his out of his post career, uh, post NFL life, and just kind of have fun at this point. But when you look at Kenny Vaccaro's career now that it's over, uh, NFL career it is, his career is including over 110 games played. That's 109 starts, 610 career tackles, 35 tackles for loss, 10 picks and 44 passes defensed throughout eight seasons. Obviously, a, a pretty good career, I'd say. That's not bad. I, it's a pretty good, se- a pretty good career. Um, it, it's going to suck to see him leave, though. He's he's always been a pretty solid player in the NFL and someone I always and personally enjoyed watching. So I do wish him the best going into retirement, going into this esports organization. Ha- hope he has a lot of luck with it or not a lot. I hope he has a lot of great moments with it and a lot of fun, a lot of fun moments as well. And hope he has as much fun with it as he's hoping and hope it works out for him truly. Uh, I hope he's just as good as, you know, I hope this esports organization for him is, just as good as he was a, f- a football player. So that's kind of what I have to say on it. Let me know what you guys think about Kenny Vaccaro. What is your favorite moments with him, seeing him on the field? What are you going to miss most about him? Whatever. Um, obviously a pretty big loss for the NFL um, and NFL fans. Uh, pretty big name leaving the league. But going into the last thing here is gonna might play a difference in my in my prediction for the NFL games for this week as wide receiver Debo Samuel and linebacker Fred Warner for the 49ers are expected to miss Sunday's game versus the Seattle Seahawks here in Week 13. So that could prove to be a difference. Oh, yeah, so the San Francisco standout players, again, Fred Warner, linebacker, and uh, receiver Debo Samuel are both expected to be out against the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday. Kyle Shanahan said on Monday that receiver again Samuel with a growing injury and linebacker Fred Warner with a hamstring injury are each likely to miss Week 13's game against the Seahawks. And Samuel could miss also another game adding as well. Shanahan also goes on to say that Fred Warner was likely out for Sunday while Samuel is expected to miss one or two weeks. Samuel, who's been a pretty solid player as of late, at well, He's always been a, a solid player for this 49ers team, but he's been kind of, you know, been the difference recently for the 49ers. So that's a, a big loss um, with this growing injury for the 49ers, possibly sneaking into the playoffs and being a team that's a sleeper. I think that they're one of my – I personally have them as one of my sleeper teams. I think they're a team where not many people are looking at them as far as their record goes and just the damage that they can do. I think they can do damage if they make the playoffs and depending on where they sit. Uh, I, I think they can be a sleeper team and do some and do some damage in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, we'll just have to kind of see where they sit, and this game will prove to be pretty big for them. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But with that being said, let's get into um, – let's kind of get into the overall games – for uh, Sunday. So obviously I missed over under last week. I do apologize about that. Got caught, got Thanksgiving going on and everything else like that. So, and as well as this, it was really hard to record with, while I'm still kind of a little backstory here. 
with me still kind of waiting on my room being done, it, good news is it should be done after this week. Um, so potentially going into it's supposed to the major stuff is supposed to be done um going into this weekend and then it's supposed to finish up on monday so i should be in there tuesday wednesday of next week um so i don't have too many more recording days to go until i know i have one more patriots post report to do by the way if you guys haven't checked that out anchor.fm slash patriots post report or wherever you get your podcast i'd be much appreciated if you guys could check it out but i have only one more episode of that to do until I'm in my room, until I can get my setup going. So right now I'm just kind of trying to create different little setups that I can that I can use until just to kind of, you know, just to kind of, you know, wait until my room is done and just find different ways and get creative with my little, with my podcast setups until this is done. So I do apologize about not being able to record. Um, just I've been trying to figure it out and kind of go with it on try to go with the flow and kind of just create little little setups as I can where I see fit and where it's comfortable and where it makes sense and so that way it's quiet of course as well so bear with me again just kind of the rest of these this weekend and I should be in there early next week um, so I'm excited and hope you guys are as well and then I will be getting a new microphone as well and all that so but anyway let's get into the NFL games and my over under for this week so obviously the Cowboys Saints game, as I was talking about, obviously with Camara and then Armstead and Ramcheck that we both that we previously talked about, they're going to be out this game. That could prove to be a difference maker. But as I was saying though, with Camara in, it seems like teams still are able to figure out the Saints team. I remember when Camara kind of came into the league in his first couple seasons, no one could figure him out. Absolutely no one could, and he was just chewing up yards on the run you know, on the ground for the Saints, and they were, you know, able to focus on the run game because no one could figure out Kamara. And it just seems like even with him on the field, he can still be a threat, but it just feels like teams are still figuring out the Saints team. And um, I just – I don't think they've been the same since the start of the season either. Uh, I think the Cowboys are – they've had a couple rough losses, but I still think I see them winning this game – the Cowboys go into this with a 29.6 point per game average, and the Saints are coming into it with a 23.4. Uh, this is going to be close. Um, I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to make it up to the 30s. I still think that the Saints are going to play them very, very competitively. Uh, I, I think, man, I think the Cowboys are going to be under 29. I think they're going to go into this game with 20. I think they're going to sit here at 26 points. I honestly think it's going to be – I mean, I'm going to go under 23 as well for the Saints. I'm going to go 26 to 20 for the Cowboys. I just – I don't see it being that high scoring, but at the same time, I don't think it's – I mean, that's – those are like middle, middle-ish scores, middle-ish kind of high scores kind of. But yeah, 26-20, I think it's going to be a, a close game. I, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. That's what I think it'll be tonight. Obviously, a lot of people are probably going to go for the Saints here because the Cowboys are up there with the competitive teams in the NFC. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to go Saints. I think the Cowboys are a win. Um, for the sake of it being the Cowboys, though, I hope the Saints win, but I expect them to win. Well, I expect the Cowboys to win, but I, 
for the sake of it being Dallas, I want the Saints. I I, I personally think the Saints. I okay, this is complicated. I'm picking Dallas to win because I think they will. I think the Saints will still make it competitive, but because it's the Dallas Cowboys and I refuse to call the Cowboys good. For that, in that sense, I want the Saints to win, but I expect the Cowboys to win. Anyway, moving on, it's going to get complicated. <laughs> Giants and Dolphins is the next game, so the Giants are at the are going away against the Miami Dolphins. I look, was looking at all the numbers, looking at everything. This is these two teams are going to be they're very very close when it comes to statistics. Obviously, that doesn't matter though at the end of the day. Um, or it can play a reflection, but it doesn't matter. Like you know, a lot of teams can game plan differently, so it doesn't. It's not obviously the the. It's always a it's always definitely like a factor, but it's always you know statistics are at the end of the day aren't the end reason why a game goes the way it does. Of course, we all know that, but anyway. So the Giants and Dolphins. Well, reviewing both the teams. The Giants and Dolphins are both obviously they're not at the bottom of the league, of course, in wins. They're not like they both have four to five wins, obviously. So they're not they're obviously not like the worst teams in the league. But at the same time, they're also not the hottest teams. Like they're kind of measly both. The Giants come into this with 18.4 points a game. Dolphins are coming into it 19 and a half, so just under 20 points a game. I think if you look at overall competitiveness though and overall just togetherness as a team I think the Dolphins probably take that I think the Giants have an okay offense I don't think obviously they're not the greatest offense in the world the Dolphins aren't either by any means necessary they're they're not either but I think just overall I think the Dolphins probably have it a tad bit more together I don't think it's going to be that dominant of a game though for Miami the Giants, of course, again, both offenses are kind of measly so at best. So I think that they're both just going to play each other really well. Uh, the defense for the Dolphins, the defense for the Dolphins against the Giants offense, I think is going to play them well. And the Giants defense against Miami's offense is going to play them really well. So I think in that sense, they're both going to play each other really well. I'm going to take Miami, though. I'm going to go... Over 19 and a half, over 19 for Miami. I'm going to give Miami 24 points, and I'm going to give New York 20. I'll go, I'll go over 18 with 20. I'll go 24-20. Miami wins it. I just, I don't know. I think that it'll, I think they'll be able to score, but I think Miami will be able to hold them off. But it ain't going to be by much. Bucks Falcons, the Falcons go into it. They have, like, of course, their one game, and then they only score three points, and then they have Patriots the next week and don't even score at all. So they're very limited scoring as of recently. Bucks are coming into us with 30, 31 and a half points. Falcons are 18.1. I think the I think the Bucks are gonna obviously win this game. I'm going Bucks. I'm going to go under 31 with 30 to the Falcons over 18. Uh, I'm going to go 30 to 15 Falcons. I'm going to go 30-15, excuse me, Bucks. 
I think the Falcons only going to have 15, so I'm going to go under 18 with 15. So, yeah, 30-15 bucks win it. Chargers-Bengals is the next game here. Chargers are going to do it 24.8 points a game. Bengals are 28.1. I think it's going to be a – competitively, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be close. The Chargers aren't the same team as last year. They just don't have it this year. They don't, they don't have it together this year. Bengals are making a case to be a team this year. Uh, with Joe Burrow, obviously they got it together this year. Jamar Chase, potential rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Mac Jones is also making his own case, though. Um, Jamar Chase has kind of slowed down a little bit, not too much, but he, he hasn't been as there as he has been uh, earlier in the season. So, obviously, Mac Jones and that Chase has kind of been catching up. But, yeah, this is going to be a close game. I still take the Bengals in it, though. I'm going to go Bengals over 28 with 34. I think the Chargers have just been allowing too many points in that department for the opposing points allowed. Uh, they've just been allowing close to 30 points, and I think the Bengals are going to be able to have the potential to put that up. So I'm going to go over 28 with 34, and I'm going to go Chargers uh, under 24. Um, can I keep them even at 24? I'm going to go 34-24. Bengals win it by 10. I just think it'll be that type of game is all. Uh, then moving on to the next game is Eagles and Jets. Points per game, Eagles are going into it with 25.3. Jets, 18.1. Jets just don't have a business. They don't even have a team this year. They never really do. I think they'll be able to put up points. I don't think they'll hit their average of 18, though. Uh, I'm going to go Eagles... 20, ooh, what do I want to say here? Mm. I'm actually going to go under 25 with 21, and but I'm going to go Jets 10. I'm going to go 21-10 Eagles. So I'm also going to go under 18 with the Jets as well, put them at 10. So I'm going to go 21-10 Eagles win this. And then the next game here is Cardinals and Bears. Cardinals are going into almost 30 points a game. Bears are 16. Yeah, the Bears just don't even really have that good of a team. Their line is awful. Um, the line's bad. They're, they just really don't have that good of a team. And the Cardinals are the best team in the NFC right now record-wise. Of course, the Packers are up there as well. So, But I'm going to go Cardinals here. I'm going to go – I'm going to go over – 28. I'm going to go 34 to. Hmm, I'm going to go 34 20. Cardinals win it. So I'm going to also go over for the Bears at 16 to 20. So I'm going to go 34 20. Cardinals win. And the next game is Vikings Lions. Vikings going to 25 point, 25 and a half. Lions are a measly 15, almost 16 points a game. Uh. Yeah, Vikings. I'm gonna go twenty. I'm gonna go over twenty-five with twenty-seven, maybe twenty-eight. I'll go. I'll go twenty-eight. Twenty-eight points to over fifteen. I'll go seventeen. I'll go twenty-eight to seventeen. Vikings win it. Uh, the next game is Colts and Texans. Colts are coming in with twenty-eight point three, and the Texans are fourteen point nine. For the Patriots' sake, I would like to go Texans, but realistically, I mean, they had a con – I can't even say convincing win. They can't do much at all this year. They're not going to be able to do anything at all. I don't think they're going to have it to stop Jonathan Taylor. 
for the sake of the Patriots, I'd like to say Texans, but I already know the Colts are going to win it probably. They'd probably destroy the Texans. I think they're going to be under 28, though. I think they're going to go 25 points, and the Texans are going to have 14. So I'm going to keep the Texans even at 14. I'm going to go 25-14 Colts win. Unfortunately, I have to say the Texans, though, they're just not competitive this year. And the Washington football team and Raiders are next. Washington's coming in at 20.8 points a game. Raiders are 23.5. Washington's also without Chase Young for the remainder of the year, of course, with the injury. So he could be a difference maker in that game. But I think the edge goes to Las Vegas. So I'm for that, I'm going to go Las Vegas. But this is going to be a competitive game. I'm going to go over 23 with 25. And I'm going to go for the Raiders. And I'm going to go... I'm going to keep the... I'm going to keep Washington... Uh, I'm going to go 25-14 Washington football team. So, yeah... Under 20 for the Washington, 25 to 14. Well, Raiders win it. And then you'll have the next game is the Jaguars and Rams. Jags are coming in at 15.7. Rams are 27.2. Odell Beckham hasn't been that crazy this year since joining Las Vegas. Uh, well, excuse me, Las Vegas. Los Angeles Rams. He hasn't been that. He hasn't been going that crazy, but the Jags are 2 and – what are they, 2 and 10 this year right now, so – I mean, I, I just really don't think there's that much competition for the Rams. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over 27. I'm actually going to go 30 to 20. 30 20 Rams win. So I'll also go over 50. You know what? No, I'm not even going to give the Jags 20. I just feel like. Oh, I, I think going over 15 at 20 is a little too high for this Jags team. Maybe if they get some sort of luckiness to where they just keep score, to where they're able to score enough and get 20. Mm, yeah, I'll keep them at 20. I'll go 30 20 Rams win. 49ers and Seahawks. So, this is the game I was talking about because Fred Warner and Debo Samuel are out. So, that makes a difference with this game. Seahawks, Seahawks are coming in at 25 and a half points a game. See, um, the 49ers, excuse me. Wait. Oh, no. Seahawks coming at 25 and a half. I said Seahawks twice on accident. I wrote down the Seahawks twice on accident. Um, I think I meant to say 49ers are coming in at 25 and a half. And Seahawks are coming in at 19. Um, so I think even without Fred Warner, oh, boy. Boy, 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 who do I go with here? See, because Fred Warner, obviously an elite linebacker, I think also still very underrated in the NFL today. And then, of course, you have, and then you have Seattle, who's three and eight, but, you know, I don't think you can also sleep on them either. It's not like they're just an immediate win. They don't have it together this year, though. I don't, I, I, oh, boy. I think the team likely to hit their, average this year is probably Seattle, I'd like to say. It, it really just depends on the type of defense the 49ers bring against the Seahawks team. My, I, my heart wants to go 49ers here, but I, I think I'm going to stick to my gut and go 49ers. Uh, I, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to go under 25, though. I think I'm going to give them 21. I feel like this is going to be decided by a field goal to seven points at, at best is what I want to go towards. My That's what my heart wants to say here. I'm going to go under 21 for 49ers or under 25 for the 49ers at 21. And I'm going to go Seahawks 18. So I'm going to go 21-18, 49ers win it in a very, very close game. I think they're both going to play really well, but I think it's going to come down to defense. Can they fill in the role? Can they fill in can, – can a defensive player fill the hole of Fred Warner? Maybe. It's going to be close, though. So, again, 21-18, 49ers win it. Ravens-Steelers. Ravens are coming in at – 23.9 points a game. Steelers are coming at 20.4. Again, I'm not completely sold on the Ravens. Just against the Browns, only being able to put up 16. I think a Ravens team a couple years ago would have destroyed the Browns and only been able to put up 16 in a winnable game for the Browns, potential winnable game, and they still they were able to sneak it out still. Uh, the Ravens did. So although I'm not completely sold on the Ravens, the Steelers aren't much better, though. They're, they're just a lot worse. I think overall just their offensive unit can't get anything going. Ben Roethlisberger gets pressured. I don't think he's been the same anymore. I think he's definitely slowed down. They've been able to contain that, that offense, and they just haven't been able to do much. They've, they've barely been getting into the 20-point range. Uh, they... Given the Ravens' close game they had with the Browns to sixteen to ten, I just I really don't I they might hit their average. I'm gonna go over twenty three. I'm gonna just give them twenty four. I'm gonna go twenty four fourteen Pittsburgh or twenty four fourteen Baltimore. Excuse me. So I think I'm gonna go under twenty for the Steelers at fourteen and the Ravens. I'm gonna give over twenty three or twenty four. Twenty four fourteen Ravens win. Broncos and Chiefs is the next game here. Broncos are coming in at 20.7 points a game. Chiefs are coming at 24.5. Or it's at 25.5. I can't really tell what I wrote down there. I think that's 25.5 points a game. Yeah, the Broncos have had a really have had a couple good wins this year as well. I just I really don't see the Chiefs losing this. It may be closer than you think, though. I, I'm gonna give the Chiefs 27. I'm gonna go over 25 with 28. Actually, I think the Broncos are going to give them some competition. I'm going to go over 20 with 24. So I'm going to go 28-24 in a in – a, I think everyone's going to be shocked that the Broncos might give them a shot, might actually give them some competition and actually make it real close. So, again, 28-24, the Chiefs win it, though. And then for the Monday night game, my Patriots take on the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots are coming in with a six-game win streak. Bills are coming in with not the same team they had last year. They're not this. They're not quite the same competitive team they were last year. Still very, very good at at that though. They have a very um, knowledgeable team. Very competitive. They don't. They don't quit. They have a high motor. You know, very, very competitive. They they know what they're doing. They're well coached. They have good situational awareness. Play. You know when they do. Again, no bias whatsoever when I pick this. I I, I pick this score with no bias. Um, my winner may be biased, though, because I'm a Patriots fan. Obviously, I don't want to go against New England, so 
I think no matter what, I go New England, but my score will not be biased. I think I'll make it – I'll actually make it fair. New England's coming in with 28 points a game. Bills are coming in with just a little over that with 29.6. So almost 30. They're both coming in with almost 30. New England's been hitting pretty close to the 30s, though. New England almost got 40 last week against the Titans. So they're they're coming in with they've they've won their past couple with about with 30 or more points. Um, but I, I don't think it'll be like that at all. I don't think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll just be a good defensive battle between the two. I don't I think it'll be a mid-scoring game. I think they'll both hit their 20s. Um yeah, I just don't think the I think if maybe, I don't know. I'm gonna go Patriots. So I think I'm gonna go under 28 with 26. To the Bills, 23. I think New England's defense isn't going to allow any more than that. I, I just don't think they're going to allow it to get in the 30s. I, I think 26-23, Patriots win it. That, that's, exact, that's my score. So... There you have it, guys, for over-under for week 13 of the NFL season. I really hope you guys did enjoy this episode of the Full Court Blitz Sports Show. I really, again, really hope you guys enjoyed. Again, if you guys could leave a rating review of the pod and share it around with your friends and family, that would be much appreciated. Just kind of helps let me know if you guys enjoy it and kind of gets it out there as well. I really hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the Thursday night football game tonight. Like always, thank you guys so much for being here. I'll see you guys next time. Have a good day.